Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 353. Wow. Three. <laughs> How many Nymons have you seen today, dude? He said it was only one. <laughs> <laughs> you meddlesome hussy. Oh man, what an episode. that in a while. Yeah, crikey. Oh man. A little flashback there. When we reviewed that story. That's a that's an interesting one, that one. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. This is episode 353. I hope you're keeping well and safe. I hope you've had a cracking week. I'll let you've all managed to do something Doctor Who. Doctor Who related. Related, yeah. DD. Did the old round table last night. It was very cool. Yeah. yeah. So go and check that out if you've not listened to it yet. It'll be on your podcast app or on the website. Go and listen to that. It's very cool. We had Maria, Jordan and Harry. Last night it was very cool. We uh, we waxed on the old uh, new Doctor announcement and the David Tennant and Catherine Tate announcement and some other bits. It was cool because you and I had already spoken about all that stuff on the previous. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yes. On the previous episode, so I wanted to get their thoughts on it. And uh, as you all know, they're a lovely bunch and uh, they know their Doctor Who inside out. So it was really cool to get their thoughts. So go and check that out if you don't listen to it yet. I should be listening to that. So I didn't. I said to you, didn't I, when you were saying about me coming on, and I said. Um, I said I always like to make them because I love getting together with those guys and chatting through. But um, because we'd already talked about it quite in depth um, on the same subject, and I said sometimes it's quite nice for me to step back and be a listener. And um, so I'm quite I'm looking forward to listening to that later and seeing what those guys have got to say on it. So yeah, nice. Yes, it's good. Always a good catch up with those guys. And uh, yeah, I've got some other like podcasts to catch up on as well. So I was away with work last week. It's been fairly busy the start of this week. So yeah, I need to go and catch up on a bunch of other Doctor Who podcasts, which is always good. They um, I normally listen there to them regularly, but they mount up sometimes. So there are other Doctor Who podcasts. What do you, What do you mean? Believe it or not, surely we yes. were the only one. He you said were the, we only, were the only one. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was the only one. <laughs> yeah, there's um. When we first started, dude, back in the heydays, back in the. Back, 1800s uh, yeah back in 2014 <laughs> i would say that the doctor who in in the podcasting space was still a fairly niche i would say mm. there was about a handful of a handful of good podcasts and uh we're still hoping to be in that handful of good podcasts even <laughs> to that day we're not quite there but now there's a hundred of them dude there's like if you just go on to I don't know, Spotify or Apple Music or something like that and just do a search for Doctor Who podcast. It's loads, loads and loads and loads and loads. So, yeah, I listen to probably about three, maybe four other Doctor Who podcasts. There's a, there's mm. a couple of them that have been around for a couple of years and then have gone and come back. And then, you know, there's a few that have gone. But uh, it's a good old bunch of good old bunch of peeps. We um, we, I'll stick a link in the show notes. We've got a... um. We've got a, uh, an article on the website somewhere that lists out all the cool Doctor Who podcasts that we listen to. So uh, we'll link to that. But yeah, I've got those to listen to. Have you done anything Doctor Who related, buddy? Doctor Who related? Um, no, not quite. I know we've been away for a couple of weeks. I I, um, I was doing a bit of mingling with, with some celebrities uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. I went to a, this is the thing actually, I went to a Prince event. At um, the BFI, oh, yeah. so not you know not a Doctor Who event. I probably the one time in my life I wasn't wearing a Doctor Who t-shirt. I was wearing a Prince t-shirt. Purple and, rain. Uh, I went purple rain, of course, and uh, yeah. went to the bar, ordered a drink, and I knew that um, Russell T Davis and quite a few other people like um, Matt Berry. There was loads of stuff going on that day for the i think it was the radio times festival but it was all over in the imax so i'd sort of resign myself to the fact that yeah i won't be you know they're all over at the imax which is across the road of the bfi 
I'm going to the beer fire. And I thought it was going to be a nice chill day, no pressure to try and rush around to the green room and try and meet people. I just thought, no, I'm not getting involved in any of that. Just going to see a Prince thing. And uh, I'm at the bar ordering a drink. And I was chatting to some of my friends who are all at the IMAX waiting to meet them all. And I'm like thinking, oh, oh you know, that's cool. But oh, I'm going to my Prince thing. I'm kind of going to miss all that. And I turn turn round and who is stood right next to me at the bar? And honestly, I wish I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see my face because it must have dropped through the floor. RTD, like literally, just stood next to me, and I went, "Oh, oh my god!" I sort of literally like gasped because he's he's really tall, and I'm quite short. So it was a bit like I just sort of looked up at him, looming over me, and it was such a surreal moment. I just just like. Hello, he said. Hello, we had a little chat, and I. The thing was, I wanted to say so much to him, but I was aware that he was trying to get served because you know how rubbish <laughs> those. The, you know how long it takes you to get served mm. at the BFI bar. Oh God, yeah. Oh, so I really, I thought, right, I'm not going to hold him up because I can see he's trying to get the barman's attention, and um, so I just basically just said to him, like, I'm so excited for like what's to come, Russell? I don't know what you've got planned, but just so excited for, you know, and, and Shooter's announcement and, and Yasmin as well. I said, it's all, I just sort of blurted out all this sort of random, like a string of stuff that had been <laughs> announced that I was excited about. And he just sort of nodded at me and he was like, so thank you. He said, bless you. I think he said, or something. he said like, you know, but I could see he just was like, right, I'm, I'm in a bit of a rush. I really need to get some drinks. And so I said, anyway, so I'll leave you to it. And, um, and and so I moved away. I got a picture with him. He, he had a, a nice photo with him, and um, and then I was sat there watching him, and he was still waiting to get served. And I thought, don't they don't they normally have a green room with like loads of free drinks in for all the sort of stuff? So I was thinking, why has RTD had to go to the bar? Anyway, I did see that he got served, and then he went and sat um, <laughs> on his own for quite a while, just in the in the little bar bit that we normally sit in and it was just yeah it was really surreal uh, really surreal but I was it was just a nice moment as well because just love the fact I got to say that you know how excited we are for what's what he's got going to bring to the table so mm. it was so surreal dude. I couldn't believe it and I sat there looking at my I didn't see the photo I took until I sat at the table with my drink so I was thinking oh please be good please because the flash went off because you know how dark and dingy that bar is and I thought, oh, I, right, I'm going to look at the photo I just took of him. I, I hope it's good. I hope it's not like all over saturated or whatever. But it was, it was a cool picture. He was very um, keen to social distance. He, he said, oh, I'm going to stand back. I said, oh, that's fine. Um, so he's obviously quite wary about not catching anything because I guess they're filming nonstop and he doesn't want to be off sick or mm. you know spreading any germs. So he's yeah, very cautious about that. So and then and then as I was sat there, all my friends who were trying to meet everyone at the IMAX came in and were like, "Oh, we've been outside meeting everyone." Oh, it's RTD, and they went over and got pictures with them as well. And that's just like, <laughs> oh, okay, Jesus. so it's surreal because as I said, I was actually there for a a music thing, a Prince thing, and so I didn't expect any of that. It was a real added bonus, and I was still thinking about it for the rest of the day. Really, I sort of sat there watching Prince doing guitar solos on the big screen, and I'm just sat there thinking, "Oh God, I just met RTD. That was amazing." <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So you that should have, that. Yeah, you should have styled it out. So when you got your drink, just turned around and nodded like, Russell? Yeah, you know I could never do that. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, actually, um, you've just reminded me, I completely forgot about this. So was this the weekend before or after? I'm not sure now, I've lost track. Um, it was either last weekend or the weekend before I've lost track. I went to visit some friends in Twickenham and, um, oh no, it was Eurovision, Eurovision weekend. Went for a Eurovision party at my friends in Twickenham. And we went out for a Sunday roast the day after, very hungover, having a lovely roast in this nice pub in Richmond. In uh, yeah, Richmond, and um, I went downstairs to use the loo, and I saw this massive bouffant of frizzly hair sat at a table um, in the sort of uh, the other bit of the bar, and it was only Alex Kingston. And oh, I was like, wow. oh, Riverside. I was like, oh, <laughs> really, really want to go over. And, and I, But I thought, I can't. She sat there. She didn't, she didn't have any food, but she was sat there with an, a guy just at a little table for two having a drink. I thought, no, it's, oh, I can't. It's not the right <laughs> time. Like, if she had been out in the beer garden just having a drink, I could have probably mustered up the courage to go over and say, hi, Alex, you know, whatever. But she wasn't. She sat at a table. It seemed too civilised to inter interrupt her, mm. so I didn't. But... Yeah, I kind of stared at that big frizzly hair for about a good couple of minutes contemplating it. <laughs> but no, I did, did the right thing. But then when we come out of the pub, 
I was thinking, so she didn't have any food. She's probably just finishing up. She'll probably be leaving soon. So when we come out of the pub, I was sort of trying to loiter with my friends. I was like, oh, I'll just get a, just get a picture of this flower outside. This is a nice flower, isn't it? Let's get Killing time. Oh, yeah. oh, actually, I'll get a picture of the pub. So I was thinking, come on, come out, Alex, come out. So I can get a picture with you. But she didn't. Oh, so, you should have done the, the thing same is, thing. I was a bit scared of her because I, I met her years ago at um, Collectomania and I didn't have a I wouldn't say she was unfriendly, but she wasn't. She seemed a bit feisty. I was like, "Can I get a picture?" She went, "Nope." Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she, so I haven't had a. I've heard she's really nice. I think maybe it was just I don't know. I haven't had a, a particularly good experience with her when I met her. So I was I was scared to go up to her, even if she did come out. I think, but I would have done. I would have risked it. Hmm. <laughs> Should have done the same thing. Walked past her table and just nodded. Alex. Yeah, I could have done that. The cool thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about when you met Sylvan Sylvester McCoy in the train station that time, and you in his little face lit up because you you mentioned the Hobbit. You are like, oh yeah, I like Doctor Who, but hey, let's talk about the Hobbit and his little face. Yeah, that was amazing. That was at St Pancras. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. I walked past him. I said to my wife, "That's Sylvester McCoy. Mm-hmm. Can't miss him. Can't miss him." So she went, "Go and get a go and say hello. Get a picture." I was like, "No, he's busy. He's probably." Going here or there. He was on a train to Russia, believe it or not, at the time. Oh, wow. He didn't, he didn't want to fly, so he just took some time out of his schedule doing whatever. I think he took like a month off when he was taking a week or so to go across trains to to Russia. Yeah, so I went back to him and, that, yeah, exactly as you just said. I was like, oh, Sylv, you're one of my favourite classic doctors. It's amazing mm. to, to see you. I did meet you a couple of times at this convention and that one. You obviously don't remember me, but... Just want to say hello. Can I get a quick pick? He was yeah, cool. I was like, also loved you as Radagast the Brown in the because he was quite dismissive at that point. As soon as I yeah. mentioned Radagast the Brown in in the Hobbit, it's there. Grin, little grin, and he was like, oh, great! I'm glad you've you've seen that. And <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, so it was it was just like that. It was like yeah, that Doctor Who thing. Yeah, whatever. So the Hobbit. Yeah, let's talk about that. It was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 difficult to know when you see them on the street, isn't it? Whether to sort of say, you know, whether to sort of approach them uh, or not. Like I said, I think sometimes you just you know when the time's right or wrong. You think, well, okay, they're, you know, if they're with a group of people, whatever, better not disturb them. But mm. most of the time, the people are pretty cool, aren't they? I remember most seeing Roger Daltrey yeah. from the Who in in one of the tra- train stations um, years ago. Uh, th- where was it? Uh, anyway, somewhere in London. And I was like, oh, my God, Robert, Roger Daltrey, you know, rock legend. Um, oh, the Who, though, they're a bit wild. And then they might tell me to do one. I don't know whether to go up to him or not. And I thought, oh, when am I, when am I ever <laughs> going to see Roger Daltrey again? I'm just going to go. What's the worst going to happen? I went up and I said, hi, Roger, really sorry to bother you. Uh, in the middle of a busy train platform. Uh, any chance to get a quick pick? And he was like, yeah, sure, dude. And he put his coffee cup up and thumbs up. And I was like, oh, wow. He couldn't have been nicer. But I don't know. You just never know. I think if it had been <laughs> someone else, they might have told me to do one. You just have to time it right. You do. There's a knack yeah. to it. Yeah, for sure. There is a knack. But, but apart from that, mate, I haven't been doing much else. I mean, I've been watching quite a few episodes of sex education to to see our new doctor because i'm really trying to get a sort of feel for what sort of doctor he's going to be um mm-hmm. and i'm it's weird because i love shooting in sex education he's great he's really good he's really quirky he's funny he seems like a good actor i can't i don't know i, just, I can't quite visualize him as the doctor yet but i'm mm. um, that's the thing i mean i'm, I'm assuming he's not going to play it like he does he's not going to be the same character as he is in sex education obviously but i don't know i just sort of every time i'm watching him i'm trying to picture him sort of bursting out the tardis and what sort of doctor he's going to be um mm. and uh, he is cool though i mean i really he, he is great i love him in sex education i just can't quite see him as the doctor yet but I, i'm excited to see him as the doctor if you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean if you think back to programs that some of the previous doctors were in like i can remember some things that David Tennant were in he was in before Doctor Who and you would struggle to join the dots you would think you mm. know how's this how's this guy going to be Doctor Who that's weird and then you know strangely works out so um yeah he's very good though I've seen so I haven't watched any of sex education as in a whole episode but I've seen some clips on YouTube I did a bit of research and yeah you're right he does he's funny isn't he? he's funny he's got a lot of energy and yeah he's gonna be good I think that, yeah, that's what worries me. I think because of the Jodie thing, like we thought Jodie was good in other things, but when I watch Shooty, I'm like, he's not going to be all quirky and bouncing off the walls like Jodie, is he? I really just don't want a hype, another hyperactive, 
reeling out lines of stupid dialogue doctor i need i need someone with a bit of seriousness and gravitas that can do the comedy like matt smith did and do the serious that's what i personally am hoping to see like every time i watch him in sex education i'm like has he can he do that can i see him doing that and i think i can because mm-hmm. he's the episode i just watched his character got beaten up and and stuff and i thought he had quite a sort of uh he had to play a more emotional you know few scenes whereas before it's been all quite quirky comedy scenes so it's good to see him doing a bit more of a sort of serious side in the show so i think mm. he i think he's got it yeah i think he's got it hopefully have trust in rtd man i'm sure he'll 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 write it in such a way that's you know all good I, I have faith in, in RTD, yes, yes, I do. Although yeah. I did say to Russell at the bar, you know, we love your stuff, Russell, but this Miracle Day rubbish that we're having to review. <laughs> no, I didn't, obviously. Obviously, I didn't, but, you know. He, I love that. Everyone has their, I mean, yeah, it's not all good, but yeah. it's mostly good. It's 99% good. Ah, Russell T. Davis, love your work. We need to talk about Miracle Day, though. <laughs> yeah. If I'd have had uh, longer at the bar, I probably would have had to say that. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> no, if you were, of course I wouldn't. Imagine if you're really drunk. Oi, you. Oh. We're having to review this crap at the minute. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you thinking? Get out of my sight. Someone get him out of here. Bloody <laughs> miracle. Day. Dragged out, yeah. Miracle day. Oh. So that's you, mate. That sounds very cool. How was very, very quickly though? How was the Prince event though? Because that did look very cool. Was that good? Uh, um, yes and no. It was great because normally when I go to BFI, you know, meet of all Dot Two fans, that's really cool. Um, it was really nice to actually spend time with other Prince fans because I don't <laughs> like in my in in real life. I know lots of Dot Two fans, and we regularly meet up and chat and do stuff. I rarely get to sort of talk about my other because Prince is like my main, you know, musician. I love Prince's music, and I've got every album and single and everything you know he's like he's like the sort of musical equivalent of doctor who to me in terms of something i'm passionate about so it's really cool to meet up with other prince fans and just talk about him and reminisce on concerts we'd been to some guy had been to like 200 concerts it's like what wow. you know it was really really cool the, the actual screening um was a bit disappointing because it was it was basically a rehash of an old bbc2 documentary which they'd sort of spliced up and randomly added some live clips from a live concert that everyone's seen a million times if you're a Prince fan. So there was nothing new there, and it was just basically an old BBC documentary hacked to pieces with some really random live clips thrown in. So great to see those on the big screen because it's just awesome to see, you know, Prince live on the big screen. Amazing concert footage, but yeah, it's a bit of an odd. It was a bit of an odd documentary to be to be absolutely honest. But hmm. yeah, but I had a great time. I, I loved it, and it was yeah, just awesome to see that stuff on the big screen. But, nice, um, nice. But a strange one. Hmm. We're not sure what to expect from that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, dude. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. Prince fan. I'm sure we have some Prince fans listening. So nice, cool. Well, yeah. I haven't done anything Doctor Who, but I've literally done, I've just been too busy, been away, and doing other things. So other than watching. Watching a bit of Torchwood. No Doctor Who stuff for me. Oh. That segues lovely incident. We haven't really got any news either to speak no. about. The only thing I did want to mention just very quickly was uh, a little bit of merch news. So as a final fan, you'll be happy about this. So the sensor rights, the uh, mm. a narrated version of that. Uh, the Hartnell story is coming to vinyl from Demon Records. Looks very nice. Uh, it's across three, three vinyl records. It's three. really nice. Here we go. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sensphere marble effect blue vinyl records look very very nice and um, that is coming in July at the end of July the 22nd you'll be able to uh, to grab those you can pre-order them now from Amazon I imagine a few other places but yeah it looks rather nice so I don't want to go into that in, we don't need to do a whole merch or new section on that but yeah looks cool yeah it does look nice I love those sets as you know it, it's a little pricey this one I think the like everything, prices are just going up and up and up, aren't they? And um, vinyl man- manufacturing prices have gone up. So it is a bit pricey, this one, because it's three vinyls, but I think it's like seventy four ninety nine or something. Because I, I, I yes. instantly yeah. like, because I love the artwork on these releases, and I was like, oh, definitely getting that. And I saw the price, I was like, ooh. When's it coming out? Is it near my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah, it does look good, though, but... Hmm. Those pennies to save up. Exactly. Yes. 
Yeah, so that's that, and yeah, there were no other news. There's a few little bits knocking around, buddy, as you know, there always is mm-hmm. in the run up to new doctors and new showrunners, all that stuff. There's a few rumours, but nothing. Nothing to, to dedicate airtime to. It's probably the best way to put it. it yeah. Does it feel a bit so after all the excitement of all like tenant filming and shooty announced and all that stuff, does it now feel like because obviously our poor old RTD, I mean, you get. You know, creates a massive buzz, gets in the neck for saying, oh, I'm going to keep quiet, but doesn't keep quiet. And, you know, all this stuff that goes on. But now it has gone quiet again. And I don't know about you, but aren't you missing that buzz already? A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I'm like, oh, it feels like it's gone back to tumbleweed again, which is kind of what you'd expect, I suppose. But, yeah. Yeah, it did feel like, didn't it, that the, the, the BBC just wanted to get everything out because Mm. they probably wanted to get ahead of people that were leaking things and yeah and all that so yeah we did have a barrage didn't we of loads of things all quite close together and now it's uh it's uh leveled out a bit yeah 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 i expect we'll at some point get some promotion for the centenary centenary how do you say it whatever whatever yeah (laughs) whatever (laughs) that special that's coming up at some point we'll get some promotion for that i suppose but uh (laughs) tumbleweed what's wrong with you you're not looking forward to jody's last big hurrah no. not looking forward to that no okay yeah well. all right then i uh, fell for one of those blimmin fake accounts yesterday as well there's so many now on twitter they have the they have the doctor who logo the same as the official twitter logo and they keep making announcements and i saw one i got excited about i was oh brilliant and i was oh it's that f- it's another fake one that's put an e <laughs> In Doctor, so you, it looks the same. It says official Doctor Who. But, oh, they they look just like the real accounts. It's so annoying. It is annoying, mate, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Swines. Swines. <laughs> anyway, before we crack on with our review segment of the episode, make sure you are following and subscribing, or one or the other, to our podcast. We put a new episode out every single Friday, along as, as well as the monthly roundtables that go out once a month and you can do that via your preferred podcast app just do a search for the big blue box podcast mm-hmm. or if you head over to big blue box podcast at uk forward slash listen that will take you off to all the popular podcast apps and networks and you can throw a um a, a sub down there or you can listen on the on the website itself all the episodes are there to listen to for free and we also have all of the reviews and articles from the writing team you can check those out as well we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week in between episodes, so come and get involved there. And we also have a free Discord server, and I did some work on that yesterday. That's looking really good. Loads of very cool Who fans over there chatting everything about Doctor Who. And it's one of the... I think the Discord's been going for about a year now, roughly, I think, maybe a bit longer. And one of the cool things that I will say about the community of Who fans in our Discord server is that there is no um bs going on there's no um people kicking off there's no drama there's no there's none of that so it's a very very cool space very inclusive you know safe space to come and check doctor who so come and check that out it's all good and uh, you'll be proud of me buddy i mentioned you a couple of times on the round table last night didn't oh, forget cool. the geeks handbag so go and do that and harry wound me up he's like yeah don't forget to remember and all that so <laughs> go and check out adam's become a thing now, yeah so. go and check out adam's channel on youtube it is of course the geeks handbag go yeah, and do absolutely. it yeah. yes and adam is on the socials under the same name the geeks handbag so go and stalk him and follow him and chat doctor who and we can all chat doctor who together isn't life wonderful no marvelous isn't it marvelous eh? right Review time, bud. What we got? Yeah, so we're on to day two of uh, Torchwood Miracle Day. And this one's called, what is it called? Rendition. <laughs> Everyone, we're doing it wrong. We have time. We have nothing but time. Nobody's going to die. Every time you turn up, it always goes wrong. Oh, my God. Rex is coming back. He's bringing Torchwood with him. The amazing thing about the miracle is not that no one's dying, it's not that the human race has become immortal, it's that it happened to everyone at the same time. So now, what we have accumulating are people who should be dead, but aren't. We have to start manufacturing painkillers immediately. Give it six months and drug-resistant organisms will be everywhere. People aren't just living, it's like they're too alive. Whichever way you look at it, this situation can only get worse. I don't like the timing of this. Someone wants to take Torchwood out. Whatever's happening to this planet, it is massive. I'm watching the man die. 
It is massive. Massive. Man. <laughs> Rightio. Miracle Day. Episode two of this series, then. Rendition. It was first broadcast back on the 15th of July in the US, and then we got it on the 21st of July here in the UK mm. in 2011. Scandal. Scandalous, yeah. The runtime is just over 50 minutes, and it was written by Doris Egan, directed by Billy Gearhart, and stars John Barrowman, obviously, Eve Miles, and Kai Owen as Reese. And then we also had Bill Pullman back as Oswald, Oswald Danes, and we had uh, uh, Mekki Pfeiffer as Rex, obviously back again. He's a regular, I think, for this series. Mm. and a couple of other people, a huge supporting cast, but they're all on screen for a few seconds, so it's a bit superfluous. And the synopsis for this episode is Jack Harkness and Gwen Cooper travel to the United States by plane. What a boring intro to a synop- for a synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Jack Harkness and Gwen Cooper travel to the United States by plane. Wow. Wow. Reese Williams is left behind in Wales. Jack is poisoned en route, while Esther Drummond discovers more about Torchwood 3 and those seeking to stop her. Vera Juarez Juarez attends a conference and learns that there will be even more ways for the human race to run itself to painful extinction. Oswald Danes appears to a national audience, winning, of all things, sympathy. That's an awful synopsis. Who wrote that? Yeah. Who wrote Mm. that? That's the official synopsis. So... Right, yeah, then, dude. Miracle Day. We're uh, we're slowly getting into it. Um, the last review we did, which was for um, uh, the New World, where we said that one was was pretty decent. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't. I don't think we compared it as much fa- uh, favorably as much as the um, the previous series that we went through. But mm-hmm. we got off to a good start. So, episode two. What do you think to this one? Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, episode one. Yeah, it, it did get off to a good start. It sort of. Was we said it was a good concept and it drew us in. It just was missing that spark, I think, wasn't it, from of Children of Earth? And I think Children of Earth was such a strong series that we felt like maybe that was just, you know, why this one maybe is a bit of a slow burner. So we're on to episode two, and it was okay. I mean, it's a an okay watch. I, I just feel like it's episode two of ten, and it already felt like a bit filler to me, in the sense that pretty much most of the episodes set on an aeroplane and contained and it's basically just Jack being poisoned and that's it. Is it, you know, like you said, the synopsis is boring, but actually it's quite, it's quite accurate about what goes on. There isn't anything else really happens in the episode that you haven't said in that synopsis. So it already feels like they've got this really cool concept about nobody being able to die, but it already feels like they've sort of run out of things to do with it. Um, to me, I don't know. I think another way to, to say it is I don't feel like the story progressed any further from episode one. Like, you know, I didn't, didn't learn anything new. I mean, maybe we got to know the characters a bit more. So I found Rex really annoying in episode one and he's slightly growing on me. I'm starting to sort of warned him a little bit more in this episode. He was, I feel like he's sort of starting to realize that he's got to work with Jack and Gwen. So he's becoming a bit more likable. Um, they introduced quite a cool, sinister new character, Lynn, who tried to poison Jack. And I thought she was quite cool, but it looks like she's been killed off already. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was an okay watch, but I found myself getting bored quite a lot. And I'm thinking, and it's only episode two. So it's, it's already starting to feel like a bit of a strain to get through this series, which is worrying because I, I didn't think I would feel like that till at least... The middle of the, you know, I thought there might be a mid-series lull, but to feel like this unexcited by it at the start of the series is a bit worrying for me. And I find the whole concept of people feeling sorry for a paedophile quite uncomfortable, to be honest. I, when I was watching that scene where he's on the chat show and there was sort of, you know, people saying, oh, poor guy and stuff. I'm thinking, I don't know if that's realistic. I don't, I don't know that if anybody at any point would feel sorry for a paedophile, even if he was crying on TV, I just uh, and a killer as well, not just a paedophile, a killer. You know, I just I don't know that I buy into that, and I don't know if I like the fact that 
the writing is telling us that there are two sides to the story. And I, I don't know, it made me a little uncomfortable, to be honest. But mm. so, and I'm just wondering where that storyline's going because I know that we've seen in the trailer that um, Dane uh, Dane's becomes a bit of a celebrity by the looks of it. We've seen him sort of hosting big events. And I'm just wondering where that story is going. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This is starting to feel like a rocky ride for me. Uh, already and we're only on episode two so hmm i think i'm just going to say a bit middle of the road this one for me it hmm. certainly didn't like when it finished i i didn't have that buzz of oh right can't wait to watch the next one or anything like that i just switched it off and went okay <laughs> so and that's a shame because the thing is with tortured is with children of earth we couldn't wait to switch on to the next episode and i'm not getting that with this series at all interesting Hmm. Rocky Road. A rocky road. Two. Okay. Yeah, dude. I think I I think I I know exactly where you're coming from. To me, you know, it feels like I don't know. It feels like it's a bit of a a a, a missed opportunity to to carry on the the whole vibe of Children of Earth. And just carry that on into a new, into another series for a new story. And what I mean by that is, Children of Earth seemed to, was like, I think we can agree already that Children of Earth is like the peak of Torchwood. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, we'll see how this goes the rest of Miracle Day, but so far, (laughs) um, in terms of storytelling and, you know, very cool suspense and atmosphere and having a really good mix of, the world of Doctor Who mixed with some adult themes and so on. But not just that, but the 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 production, the way that that series was produced, it was such high quality. Mm. Like even down to the opening credits and how the you know the text comes in and just the cinematography and everything. It just looks it looks like Doctor Who, but just up a notch. So this is probably in between series of Doctor Who when they upgraded all cameras and stuff like that. It just looks very cool. Mm. For me, this one, America Doe, it, it, it feels like it's a step backwards in a few ways rather than going forwards. So in terms of story, it doesn't seem that the the MacGuffin of the story, which is people not being able to die, feels like that was a big thing in episode one. But now people are just like, yeah, that's just a yeah. thing, isn't it? That's just a thing. Whereas, and I don't mean to compare too much because there are different stories, of course, but with Children of Earth, there was a huge buildup throughout the entire series with this looming threat of, holy crap, what are these things? And, mm. you know, the four, five, six, and there's history involved. We had to go back in time a little bit and there's some flashbacks. And then that horrific um, reveal at, you know, towards the end of the series that they were just kidnapping kids because to use them as 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 highs basically, you know, it's horrific and that was a really big build up. I feel like now they've they've blown their stack early. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so not just that, but also I don't know, it just doesn't look as polished and as good as Children of Earth. And I'm not sure if that's because it's a co production thing with the US or with Canada, I can't remember or maybe both, I can't remember. But it just looks like it's a, it looks like it's a sort of late nineties, US based sitcom kind of program to me in terms of how it was filmed and you know the picture quality and just how it looks. It I, I don't know. And then yeah, and then the story is not really gripping me. You know, like you said with Children of Earth, we got to the end of it. It was like it was so hard to not put the next one on. Mm. and see what was going on so when we saw those next time trailers it was like oh so good but we're probably not going to review this for two weeks yet so that's you know that's oh i really want to watch it with this one i feel like we're back to series one and two torch with a little bit where the episode itself while not terrible it just feels like uh i just i'm just called to wait a couple of weeks and watch the next one i'm not killing to to get the next one on i don't is that a good way to put that i guess I think yeah, so. because I, I'm concerned now because I'm sort of thinking uh, 
this might, I don't know, it might pick up a bit, but what I'm worried about is we've got another eight episodes. And by the way, listeners, we are now going to be reviewing these every, every other story. So there'll be Torchwood, Doctor Who, Torchwood, Doctor Who. So there will be less of a gap uh, between reviews because uh, we will sort of want to get it done. Um, but I am slightly worried that if I'm, you know, not this interested at this point, I, I'm, I need something to draw me in, basically. So episode one drew me in. Episode two is just sort of continued in the same vein, but just it hasn't advanced any further with the story. So I'm thinking, so what, what you know, what we, I need something in the next episode to really sort of just pique my interest again to get me into it. Because otherwise, um, I think I'm going to struggle to review this series in all honesty. Like I want to, I want to watch it. I've been wanting to reevaluate this series for a long time because, um, as I said a few times, I think I, I don't think I finished watching this. I don't remember getting to the end of this series and i don't want to uh, obviously we will finish it on the podcast but i don't want to be forcing myself to watch it you know um which uh, i'm starting to worry might become the case i don't want to be thinking oh god it's tortured this week oh, i better watch the episode because yeah that is i'm hoping it's going to throw something in there that's going to entice me in even if it's just a little bit but mm. i don't know yeah no i read you dude it's um it's almost like we've hit a, a, a padded filler episode already. Like you wouldn't expect this until. Um, so what are we? Is it, is it 10 episodes, isn't it? The whole thing, right? Is it 10 I think episodes? It's 10, yeah. 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 So normally you would expect this type of episode to be episodes f- four or seven. Yeah. Somewhere, you know, yeah. somewhere yeah. around like the big, because uh, with US television, they tend to do this thing where they have like a mid season uh, sort of, you know, not a special, but they have like a mid-season, something big happens in a storyline, big cliffhanger sort of thing. Mm. And then they might have a break and then we'll come back for the, you know, the second part of the season. And then you normally have like a filler episode or two, especially if it's one of those US programs where you have like 22 episodes across a season. It's, um, you normally get those. But I th- I, I'm worried that we're at episode two or part two and we've already got a filler. Because it was very filler, like you said, the the story doesn't progress anywhere. We don't know anything more around why people are not dying. Nothing mm-hmm. at all, really. It's just a just a road trip episode. So it's it's great at the beginning. It's heartbreaking at the beginning where they're, they're having a little bit of a chat at the airport, and mm-hmm. you know you know they're going to be shoved onto a plane at any moment. But then they take Gwen and Reese's baby away. That's heartbreaking, and they're kicking off, and it's all going mad. And then that's the drama done. Like the only other bit of drama then really, there's two bits I would I would say in the episode. It's the bit where Jack gets poisoned on the plane. Mm. And that's kind of cool. So they're on the phone to Vera. She's at a conference trying to find out more about this whole uh, thing that's going on. And she's like, well, you've been arsenic poisoning. You need to get this, this. And they're like, well, where the bloody hell do we get this on a plane? And they rip out the floor panels, get some degreaser and some other bits and pieces. And it's a bit of a build-up because at this point we know that Jack is mortal mm. for some reason, whatever, you know. I imagine we'll find out, you know, in episode nine, whatever, what's going on. But so, and that's it. And then the the other bit that's that was kind of cool was towards the end where, um, where Esther has been set up, supposedly, within the CIA. So she comes back to her desk. She can't log in anymore. Her account's yeah. been removed, and then the bank's on the phone's like, "Hey, you've just had fifty thousand dollars put into your account. You know, you should invest it and stuff." So she's like, "Hold on a minute, you know, this doesn't ring true." And it all sort of comes back to because she's been investigating Torchwood. I think the the top dude at the um at the CIA, uh, his name is Brian Friedkin. He's uh, he's been given orders, it seems, to just get rid of her. So uh, she has to escape and she has to get out the building and they're trying to track her down. And then ultimately she ends up with the, with the guys at the very end of the story. We have that little, you know, that little, that little line from Gwen, which is kind of cool at the very end. She's like, welcome to Torchwood. So you can Mm. see they're all banding together to see what's going on. And that was it. That was it. So those two moments were, were fairly cool within the episode, but everything in between that, all the bits around it, that was all filler within a larger filler episode for me. And do you know what? Yeah. I, I think it might help. I think one of the things that's sort of hindering this series for me already is that um, 
I'm not finding the new characters particularly engaging, you see. The thing is with Tortured is we said in Children of Earth, like sort of even the like minor characters like the secretary and all these other people they brought in, they had a sort of character that was, you know, uh, interesting. I don't really find, I mean, Rex, borderline, I can see he's got a bit of potential to be a good character. But the other ones, um, whose names I can't even remember, which won't surprise anyone, but I really can't be, even be bothered to remember. The, the, you know, I'm not bothered about any of the characters in this, really. And the thing is, the torture it is, and we've always praised RTD for writing great characters, but um, that's what I'm not feeling, I think, in this series. So if you get mm. a filler episode, you normally have some good moments or somebody will come in and, you know, but we've even got rid of Reese. I mean, Reese was packed off in the first five minutes, and he's a great character. Um so he's being replaced with these three sort of American characters that just seem very stereotypical and they're just, yeah, they're, they're boring to watch, to be honest. They are. You know, and I think yeah. that's the thing, you know, there's the, the the best bits really are with Gwen and Jack. That's the only time anything's really happening. And even that is just them stuck on an aeroplane. So, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even find the poison thing particularly great, to be honest. I mean, it's interesting this idea that he could die. So there's an element of danger there, but we know they're not going to kill Jack in episode two. So, yeah, I think um, it was Eve Miles's performance in that bit that was very cool. She sold well, that yes. bit. She was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some bant, you know, the, the two uh, 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 plane staff. I was going to go very old school then and say trolley dollies, you know, the, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the staff on the plane. There yeah. was a little bit of bants between them and, you know, the guys like, I'm not allowed to talk to you. You know, we had that a few times and they got round it and, and stuff. So it was okay. So in isolation, those things are okay. But it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything to move the story forward. And unless, of course, when we get deeper into the series, there's a bit that references that. So, oh, yeah we need these ingredients for the antidote or to whatever. Remember we used mm. them when we saved Jack from arsenic back on the planes sort or of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. in isolation, they're okay, but yeah, it would have been good to have just not, I don't know. It would have been good to have had the plane journey and Esther escaping from the CIA happen in the first half an hour. Mm. And then the other half an hour, it's like, right, okay, Vera's also on the case. The doctor in the hospital, she she's trying to figure out what's going on. Let's get her involved with the Torchwood gang as well. Mm. And we're on, you know, because there's some, there's some underhanded stuff going on at the CIA, which is cool. But that was, yeah, I mean, it felt kind of, anyone that's watched The X-Files back in the day, it felt like a couple of those episodes where Mulder or Scully or both, whatever, they're just in and out of the FBI building and they're getting their ass kicked a little bit by Skinner and, you know, then they're off. And it's it's one of those sort of non-event sort of things where stuff's happening and you're watching it, but you're not like, you, like when the episode's done, you're like, oh, what was that bit again? There was, mm. you know, so you, you your mind sort of collects the key little bits, but as a story overall, it doesn't really do anything, but... We'll see how it progresses, dude, from episodes. What's the next one? It's um, Dead of Night. So the title sounds very cool for the next episode. We'll see how that goes down. the next one? Because RTD wrote the first one, didn't he? Uh, Doris Egan wrote this one. I've never heard of her. Jane Aspenson writes the next one. When's RTD back then? Is he just dropping in to do the first and and last, is he? All right, okay. (laughs) So, Uh, yeah, a lot of this is written by other people, um... You know, it looks like RTD sort of set the story and then he's let everyone else fill in. I'm going to predict already that this is going to be one of those series that's got some good stuff in it. And if it had been a sort of six-parter like Children of Earth, probably would have been a lot better. I can just tell there's going to be so much padding in it um, already to stretch it to 10 episodes. I bet if this is a six-parter, it would have worked a lot better. Uh, I'm just predicting that already. Um, Some of the humour in this I felt was a bit clunky as well mate you know because that's the thing with Torchwood it normally okay series one could be a bit hit and miss but normally in Torchwood we'll have a few funny moments the the best humorous moment in this for me was from Gwen mm-hmm. uh, where she says I'm not English I'm Welsh or all that oh, scene I love that was quite bit. funny go on but there was on. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I mean like you said uh, Eve Miles absolutely carrying every scene she's in she's brilliant she's so she's so good um that 
yeah, she makes it worth watching, really. But there were other lines that I felt were really poor. Like, um, there's a bit where the, the Rex says to the flight attendant, oh, I'll let you feel me up if you get me a drink. And he's like, I'm not gay. He says, oh, I'll let you feel her up then. And I'm like, oh, that's just like, what a gross light. Why would you even write that? You know, it mm-hmm. just feels childish. It's the sort of humour you'd get in Series 1 series of Torchwood. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just unnecessary as well and they do the I'm not gay joke about three or four times as well it becomes really it's not really funny the first time um so there was a few bits in there where I thought normally in Torchwood once it gets going the humor's normally quite good in it you know there's always the odd bit that doesn't quite hit the mark but for me there was quite a few bits in this that were were not hitting the mark at all like that I just thought oh that's a really cringy I'll let you feel me out It's, it's just what I don't know. I just there was a few bits like that, which I just felt were unnecessary, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that links back to some of the characters not being particularly. Uh, like I haven't formed a connection with anybody yet. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. You know. Yeah. So obviously, we've not formed a connection with Oswald Danes. That'd be worrying if you did. <laughs> so no but one thing i will say about him is he is in at least the acting is good and he is he's um good. Yeah. he's at the character although it's a, re- a vile character and he, we're not supposed to like him but he is at least interesting in terms of where they're going with it but yeah he's, you know the actor's really playing it well um, mm-hmm. i will say that yeah agreed yeah he is uh he is giving it the beans definitely like that scene where he yeah. breaks down when he's on tv mm. you know he's breaking down and and we're still we're still unsure whether that's an act or whether he's actually sorry about his previous crimes and stuff. But mm. uh, and there's also this weird woman knocking around from some PR company, like a reporter or something. Is she, yeah. what is she meant to be? I don't know. I think she's meant to be like if there's any listener, if you watched um, cartoons back in the day, it feels like she's the April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like oh, the, yeah. the reporter that sort of gets her nose stuck in a bit too far, maybe gets in trouble, not really, you yeah. know. So it feels like that's her, that's her vibe. But um, So yeah, obviously we don't connect with him, but Bill Pullman's performance, like Eve Miles, is very, very good. And he's, like we said in episode one, he's a big name. He's a big name to bring into it. And actually there was another big name who they, who they brought into the story, an actor called Wayne Knight, and uh, he was the he was one of the CIA bosses, Brian Friedkin, and he's a big name. He's, he's probably most recognisable from the dude in Jurassic Park who gets eaten oh, in the jeep. Oh yes, you know? yeah, I forgot about him. I actually, quite, yeah, he's quite, he's actually quite good in it. Yeah, quite I like that actor. So yeah, I forgot about him. Yes. So obviously, I'm not going to condense his career down to one film. Obviously, he's been in loads of <laughs> other things, but that's probably what he's most recognisable for. Yeah. Uh, and there's probably a listener thinking, no, no, because he's been in this thing and this thing. I know he's been in oh, loads been of in stuff. Loads. But, yeah. Um, so he was his performance was kind of cool, like the the very cold, you know, um, business, you know, has to be done sort of thing. We need to get rid of a uh, non emotional dude. So he played that really well. Um, do you know what, dude? We haven't really got much to say in terms of story on this, so because there no. isn't really much of a story, like we've mentioned, there isn't. There isn't anything that progresses the overall plot here. So um, other than those, you know, a couple of suspenseful scenes that, that I mentioned. So let's just get through performances because some of those were cool. So uh, so Wayne Knight, he was cool as the CIA boss, director, manager, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Bill Pullman was very good. He's not in it a lot. He's only in it a couple of scenes, but he's he's very good when he is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a huge supporting cast list. There's about 30 people. But the problem is they're only in it for very short spaces of time. Like there's two CIA agents that are following them through the airport. There's another couple dotted around the CIA office. There's a couple of people on the, you know what I mean? So what did you, let's talk about some of the key characters then. What did you think first of all to um, Lynn Peterfield? She's the agent who poisons Jack and ultimately has a very uncomfortable crick in her neck. <laughs> at the end of the episode what do you think to her well i i quite liked her i was that's what i mean i'm slightly disappointed she was killed or so far because she she sort of played that villain type character a little bit stereotypical but i felt like she played it quite well um so yeah i was sort of amused but slightly disappointed at her demise 
uh, towards the end of the episode. Well, I mean, I suppose she's not going to die because no one dies, but <laughs> yeah, she's basically had her neck cricked. Um, so yeah. it's on the wrong way. But um, yeah, I thought she was quite good in it, actually, uh, f- considering all she really did was pull a few sinister faces and poison Jack. And I was thinking, because I'd sort of drifted out of the episode already by this point, I I immediately was like, when she did poison Jack, I was thinking, oh, why has she done that? Have I missed something? Why is she trying to kill Jack? So for, for about the next 20 minutes, I was thinking, oh, well, what have I missed? I, I, I'm not going to bother to go back. But then they do say at the end, don't they? I think Rex says, "Why did you want? To, why did you want to kill him?" And it's obviously she's just been given orders mm-hmm. to do it. I assume. But I thought I'd missed something there. I, did, I didn't know why she was trying to poison Jack, and why not Gwen? Or mm. does Gwen not drink the drink? I don't know. You can tell that I, I, my attention span with this was really struggling, and there were I, I may have missed bits, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But yes, I liked Lynn or Lynn. Lee. What's her name? Yeah, that was her name. Yeah, Lynn Lynn Peterfield. Yes, I thought she was quite quite mm. a good little character. So yes, what do you think to the Doctor Vera? She's back. She's feisty. I like her. She's. Good. I was going to say out. Yeah, out of the new characters, um, she's probably shown the most potential to be uh, to have a bit more to her. Yeah, I'm. I'm slightly warming towards her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm liking her a bit more. Yes. She's still not that interesting, but she's more interesting than, than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, what did you think to Esther Drummond then? She's been set up, clearly. She's now on the lamb, meeting up with, with Rex and the other dudes. But mm. what do you think to her? She's, um, I, I she's, think we just need to see more of her, I think. Yeah, because she's not bad. I mean, it's a good performance from the actress, but I'm, again, there's just nothing about her that I find particularly interesting as a character maybe we will see and get to know her a bit better but she's not really doing much for me like i forget she's in it until she gets a scene if you know what i mean yeah so like the stuff at the end was quite interesting you're right when she's obviously her card won't work and she has to switch her past to to escape and stuff so there was some good stuff there but um up until that point i'd kind of forgotten about her if you know what i mean yeah 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 i read your bud and um yeah, I just think we need to see. Again, she was okay. She wasn't bad. Her performance wasn't bad. It was. Um, she's just. Other than having to escape out of the building towards the end of the episode, she's just been fairly um, in the background. It feels like a little bit because she had that very cool scene in the first episode where Jack rescues her in the when she's digging around in the files and stuff, and then yeah. he gives her the you know he wipes her memory a bit and stuff. So that was cool for her. So I feel like in this one. Again, it goes back to this being a bit of a filler one. She's just sort of knocking around a bit. It's not until the end. So now maybe she's linked up with the Torchwood guys and we'll see what happens in the next episode. She might come into her own a little bit more, but she wasn't too bad. We we need to see these characters fleshed out a bit, don't we? Yes. That's what it's missing. And I think that's what we normally get with RTD, which is maybe because he's not writing these episodes, but the characters definitely feel a little bit... um, one not one-sided what's the word one dimensional one dimensional thanks yeah they they, they're not as fleshed out as you'd normally get in a series with rtd producing it Uh, i think that's why they're not very interesting at the minute but maybe they will be as the series goes on i don't know Mm. hopefully Mm. hopefully bud yeah so that was um alexa havins who played esther so we'll we'll see what happens with her hopefully we'll see more of her uh, as the series progresses. What's about then Mackie Pfeiffer then? Rex, he's the tough, he's been, you know, s- s- you know, impaled Skewered. with a big yeah. thing, yeah, but he's soldiering on and he's the tough dude, isn't he? And he's very much playing that as expected. So um, I thought he was um, just much more of the same. One thing I will say about um, about the, this actor is that he is consistent. You know, that's we've not seen any change of pace or tone or anything from mm. from the first episode he's still very much i mean he does have the rug pulled from under his feet a little bit so when he's on his way when they land in the u.s um and he, uh, esther's on the phone at this point she's found out that they're on to her and they're trying to set her up and and capture her and so on she's on the phone to him like look it's not just me we're both being set up here so you've just landed you need to get you know get yourself sorted out so he's like yeah okay he's playing it up on the phone and then they slap up the agents they're with and, and yeah. on they go so um 
so other than that bit, he's just playing the, you know, the, the typical, you know, I, I'm in charge, you know, this is my operation, mm. you know, you do as I say sort of thing. So an expected performance from him, very consistent with episode one, but not quite, I, I, like we said earlier, I can't quite connect with him at the moment for some mm. reason. Same for you. Yeah, I don't mind Rex, actually. As I said, I found him quite annoying in episode one and I'm starting to, um, because I think he had to play that sort of, I'm going to come in and sort you out and all this stuff. But it, I'm starting to warm to him a little bit. I think now that he's siding with Torchwood, I think once he actually, it's clear that they're trying to build a new Torchwood dynamic with him and and, and the other guys they're bringing in. Um, yeah, he's all right. I didn't mind Rex in this one. He, I think he's... Like you said, the performance from the actor is fine. I can tell he's doing exactly what's written on the page in terms of the character characterization. So, um, yeah, but I slightly warmed a little bit more towards Rex in this one because I think he's finally realising he's got to work with Jack rather than against him. So, yes. yeah, it's all right. But, yeah, good, nothing wrong with his performance, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we've spoken about Eve Miles and Great, Kai Owen. I'm, I'm gutted that they've been split up. You oh, know, why has Kai been like, I know. Oh. He's got to come back into it though. Surely that's that's not him out of the series, surely. What a stupid thing to do. I'm sorry, Russell. We love you. You know you know we do. But what a silly move because for ages, you and I, and I'm sure thousands, potentially millions of other people that have watched Orchard over the years, when they've gone through those first two series and you think, oh, he's been treated badly. Mm. You know, he's such a nice guy. And then in um, Children of Earth, he really comes into his own. He's a, you know, he's, he has bant still with Jack and, and, but him and him and Gwen are such a great team now. And Mm. he's so good. And he's really planted himself as a reliable, you know, get stuff done dude. And it's, he's just so good. And then when you get that, Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that's maybe that leaves you really wanting him to come back. So when he does come back, it's really cool. Maybe that's on purpose. But in my mind, what a silly thing to do, though, because they were, to me, they were some of the best bits in the last series. Those two mm-hmm. together were some of the most enjoyable bits. So gutted he's only in it for what feels like 10 seconds. But yeah, great performance from him. Just flash in the pan. <laughs> Imagine as well, though, I mean, like, if anything would have um, relieved the boredom of those aeroplane scenes, it would have been Kai making some cracks on the plane. You know, I'm sure they could have put some great humour in if they'd have had him on the plane with Jack and Gwen flying over to the States. I'm sure they could have written some fun stuff with him on there. Um, But because there is a good bit where he says where Jack's like, Reese, are you? Are you sticking up for me? You know, there's there's good uh, chemistry between those guys. And it was a shame to remove him so early on. And, you know, you've just filled me with dread, actually, because I've now thought maybe they've got rid of Reese, so that you've got Gwen and Jack alone together. And I'm telling you now, if this series goes down that route and we have a little thing with Gwen and Jack again... Mm. I'm going to be furious. And I, I can see that happening now. I'm thinking, yeah, we've got rid of Reese. Those two are together in America. Oh, I'll tell you, better not. I don't <laughs> want to see those two getting all flirty because I already felt like there might be a little bit of that when they're on the plane together and she was getting all cross with him and saying, bad stuff always happens when you're around, Jack. And he's like, yeah, but you miss me, right? And all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, don't even, don't even <laughs> go there. I don't want any more Jack mm-hmm. and Gwen smooching or i will be furious in fact i well i will i will see this series through to the end whatever but i'll be throwing things at the tv if that happens for sure same dude yep same it's um let's move on to john barrowman then actually oh it's yeah, nice Barrowman, yeah i can't believe i forgot, forgot about john barrowman yeah so eve miles was brilliant as usual great yeah very very cool um but those scenes between them it was really weird i think John Barrowman, I'm not sure if he was written this way, the character was written this way, or if he, I don't know what's wrong with him, but for most of the episode, he just it's sits full there. full of brain fluid. <laughs> no, sorry. Well, he just sits there grinning. <laughs> mm. Like, Gwen's clearly really miffed off. Angry, yeah. And upset, for obvious reasons, right? She's just mm. been shoved onto a plane, essentially kidnapped by the CIA. Her baby's just been taken away, husband's been taken away, and... She's not in a good mood. So she's telling these things to she's saying these things to Jack and telling him about how she feels in a way and 
I don't know, he's just sat there with this very strange grin on his face. Like smug. It's very, I can't put, I'm not, I'm really struggling to join the dots with that at the minute because mm-hmm. is he doing it in a way like, hey, you know, it's like the good old days, right? You love this yeah. stuff like that. Or whether it's more of a, don't worry, we've got this. We always come out of it all good. So, you know, just chill. We've got. So I'm really struggling with what John Barrowman is trying to do right now with the character. And he does it as well when they're walking through the airport at the end. Mm. Um, you know, when they start beating up the, the dudes, when he's walking behind Rex and stuff, again, he's doing this weird grin thing where he's, uh, it's like the Joker from Batman. He can't stop grinning. He's just got this weird grin on his face. And uh, I don't know, but fun fact, when they when they beat up those dudes and he he kicks the, the CIA agent, uh, he really did kick him in the face and break his nose at that point. Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he probably grinned about that as well. But so I've seen much better from from John Barrowman, Barrowman as Captain Jack. I'm not sure about you, but this wasn't his best for me. Well, it's no, it's not a particularly strong episode for him. I don't think uh, for the character or or for the actor really. Just, I mean, when he's poisoned, that was quite nasty and he plays that well i mean he looked proper he, he looked really white and and quite gross and i thought oh my god you know he played that well but um yeah apart from that i didn't really get anything from his character in this one no so an interesting one from from john barrowman there so we'll see again this is a weird episode isn't it because and it just as we're talking through it as we've talked through it, I can't speak today. As we've talked through it, um, it just confirms to me that this is really a filler episode because with pretty much every character, it's, you have to you come away from it thinking, okay, well, let's see what happens with them in the next episode. Let's see what happens with that in the next yeah. one. Let's see how that goes. So, in terms of cast, some great performances, some mediocre performances. In terms of story, not much to report on. And we you know we haven't got to the meat and potatoes yet of the story yet. This is just a an A to B. You know, all the Torchwood gang were in the UK. We need to get them over to the US. That was the the the, the driver for the episode story in this bit, I, I assume. But nothing else to report on, dude. Have you got anything else on your notes that you want to mention? No, I haven't. In fact, that was the worrying thing. I thought, God, have I got anything to say about this? So <laughs> I made very few notes on this one. I just didn't take a lot away from it at all, really. It was just an okay episode. Um, once again, I'm not liking Murray's music. I think that's going to be a common theme for me throughout this series because he's obviously he's decided on a style which I think he thinks fits the sort of more American feel of the show, which I don't like. I don't like the, that style of music. It, I, I'm, I was amazed when you said it was Murray that was doing the music for this. It doesn't sound like him at all to me. Um, so, yeah, didn't like the music again this week. <laughs> Um, so no I haven't really got anything else on my notes apart from that hmm okay so yeah I've got nothing either so let's jump straight into scores I think it's me to go first you go so first bud I'm going to give this a a 6 out of 10 I think it's mm-hmm. not too bad I think it's better than middle of the road of 5 but I really can't stack any more points on top of that because I just didn't come away from it thinking I can't wait for episode 3 it was a uh, okay that's done cool so a six from me. What about you? Yeah, I, I've given it a six as well, actually. Oh, cool. I wondered if I'd gone too high because, as I said, it's not a particularly great episode, but it's, it's not a bad episode either. I mean, I, you know, it's it's perfectly watchable um, just a bit. I did find myself zoning out a lot. That's why I was worried I'd miss stuff. But yeah, just a bit middle of the road, really. And I would think by episode one and two, you'd, you'd expect them to be stronger than this. You'd expect to be at least getting into the story. And at the moment... I'm not really too invested in it. Um, so I'm hoping by episode three, we might get drawn into it a bit more. Yes. Yeah. Agree, dude. Totally agree. Okay. So a six from both of us then. Uh, what did our listeners think? So not many people replied to this one. Uh, we didn't have oh. any on Facebook. We did have a few on Twitter though. So uh, Doctor Who Home said, just like episode one, this is quite good. The plain stuff is really well done and it's really cool to see the crisis beginning to unfold. Miracle Day is great at showing the overpopulation crisis. Just a shame that it also has to resolve it, and that's where it ultimately falls. Okay. Uh, Will Sanger says, It quickly goes downhill. Strangely, the action sequences seem very 
oddly directed. Rex mm. and Esther simply feel like American stereotypes and very generic characters at the corruption in the CIA uh, and the corruption in the CIA feels tiresome. A combination of jumble plot lines shoved together. Hmm. Chippy T, um, mm. a setting up episode putting in place the reliance on each other to survive. The poisoning scene was a bit much, but we do get the introduction of the excellent Jilly Kitzinger. Not bad. 6.5. Okay. Jilly Kitzinger, who was that? That's the reporter woman or whatever she is. Oh, the April O'Neil, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank you very much, GPT. And lastly, our writer Jordan Shortman says, for possibly the weakest Torchwood series, this episode is one of the better ones. Oh, God, don't say that, Jordan. (laughs) Uh, but i mainly remember the stuff on the plane while it's a setup episode that gets our characters where we need them it's worth watching just for the gwen scenes the line i'm welsh is iconic dude that's such a good scene yeah that was my bit of welsh pride just came beaming out of me at that point and little Mm. fist pump but ah so jordan oh mate that's you've done it now (laughs) god oh god anyway so Oh, I don't know about the the peeps on Twitter. They seem a bit in the middle of the road in their yeah. views on that. Um, Okie dokie. So we'll see what happens with episode three, Dead of Night, in a couple of weeks' time. But until then, for next week, bud, what are we reviewing then? Yeah, so we're drifting back to the black and white days for a bit <laughs> of Hartnell. Hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be The Rescue. Doctor Who The Rescue. The Rescue. Which, am I thinking of the right episode? Is this the one first one to feature Vicky? Is it that one? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched this for some time. That'll be cool. It will be cool. Bit of Hartnell, bit of black and white action. Lovely. Yeah. All righty. And on that note, then, let's wrap it up there for episode 353. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to another episode of the Big Blue Box podcast. That was 353. If you've uh, just found the podcast, if you're one of the newbies, then it's great to have you here. Welcome aboard the TARDIS. If you're one of the long-time listeners, the Grizzled Ancients, then welcome back. It has been great to have you all here listening to us waffle about Doctor Who. And yeah, pretty middle of the road for Torchwood. Mm. Miracle day so far. Let's hope it picks up a little bit in episode three. For next week, though, get your Brit Box or your DVDs or your uh, VHS tapes out, if you've got those still. Uh, for the first Doctor story, The Rescue, we'll be asking for your thoughts on the socials, so keep an eye out for those. Make sure you follow and subscribe the podcast on your preferred podcast app of choice. Just do a search for us, or you can uh, find us on the website, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk forward slash listen. That will pop you off to your your preferred uh, podcast platform and you can also listen on the website all the episodes are listed there for free plus you can read all of the reviews and articles from the writing team so check that out we're on the socials as well links on the website instagram twitter and facebook come and give us a like and a follow or chat doctor who throughout the week and we have a free discord server again the links on the website hop in there and chat doctor who with loads of other who fans as always make sure you check out adam's channel over on youtube it is of course the geek's handbag Geeks handbag, yes, lots of videos on there, mostly Doctor Who. Go and have a look. Mostly, go and have a go and have butchers at the <laughs> Adam's uh, stuff over on YouTube. It's very good, and he's on the um, on the socials under the same name, the Geeks handbag. So go Indeed. and do that. Yes. Right until next week for episode three hundred and fifty-four. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, everyone.